Welcome to the Pastor's Podcast. This is Pastor Scott with Pastor Brian hey. and Meredith Stores. Hi. I thought that it had been not as long that you'd been on. Since I'd been on that's the not a, that That's not a sentence. Whatever I just said, <laughs> as far as recording audio, that is a bad way to go about it. It's good it. that Matt's not here. It has been longer than I thought since yes. you have been on the podcast. It's true. That's what I meant to say. I have one more child than I had last time. I was here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's impressive. And yes. you, you were, I mean, you were, you're pretty pregnant. Yeah, I was right at well, the I, end. Okay. I'm sorry. Pregnancy is probably a like zero sum game. Either you are or you aren't. This is true. It's like a more pregnant. <laughs> well, so then I wonder actually, if you get toward the end, do you become slightly less pregnant? Because like the baby's about to come. So is there like a, a curve At what point there, are you or? the most pregnant? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a scientist. And so. the, this is the riveting information you are going to learn at the Manhood and Womanhood Conference. These yes. are the questions that everyone's <laughs> that asking that we are going to answer. Oh. I'll be more prepared to answer that in a month. <laughs> Brian's so pained. <laughs> so pained. Um, I, I, I'm excited to talk with you guys uh, in this context because we've been talking for so long and in yes. so many different formats about... The topics of manhood and womanhood, about how to think about them, um, about what it, what biblical manhood and womanhood is. Um, I'm really excited for our church family to get to glean from a lot of the work and conversations that have happened. And I, I really am edified by our conversations, really enjoy them. And so even just this setting, I think people are going to be blessed by. But I wanted to do this to kind of prime the pump ahead of May 21st. Nine to five, <laughs> the uh, our mega conference, um, all day conference on manhood and womanhood coming up. Um, Brian, I know you talked about it a little bit this morning at in God's activity, but um, why are we doing this? Why, uh, other than we're trying to, you know, do the things we planned in 2020? Why, 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 <laughs> finally, why, that's right. Why are we still doing this? Like two years later, when we, I mean, we didn't have to, right? Why did we go back and be like, no, this is still really important, right? right hasn't, now. haven't we moved yeah. on or something like that? I guess a lot of things are like that, like, you know, the kind of the cultural winds change a lot. Yeah. I think that's probably why one of the main reasons why we're doing this is that this is something that doesn't really change. Um, no matter what you think. Um, about whatever hot button issues are at any given point in, you know, a culture, um, you're always a man or a woman. Um, so like basically our lived experience, what it means to be human for us is always expressed through, you know, man or woman, mm-hmm. uh, man and woman. And so it's, a, that's like a big deal. Like it's a big deal to, to have that be a thing. Um, and so I think kind of what I said this morning is that there's a lot of ways that um, you don't necessarily, a lot of people don't necessarily know what that means for them. It's like yeah. loose ideas. Um, and it is kind of like that thing where you think you know what it is until you think harder about it. And you go, wait, do I even know about this at all? Like the more mm. questions you ask, the more you think about it, like, wait, what does it, what does it mean? Is it really just like, I happen to have a differently shaped body? Like, is that all there is to it? Mm. Does that have any ramifications or any implications? The Bible talks about, you know, gender and like man and woman. Like, what does that mean for us? Christians talk a lot about gender, especially certain parts of like Christianity talk a lot about gender. So is that right or wrong? Are they talking about it well or poorly? Uh, A lot of people just don't know what to do with the fact that they're a man or a woman 
besides like negative things. Mm. And mm. so I think f- for me, it's, it's just, it's important to be able to know why God called it good that he made men and women and how it's good that I am a man or woman. Mm. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, Mayor. But um, from your perspective, what are the like? What are the questions? Like, what are the big questions that you hope we're able to address um, in this conference and, and in the work that we've been doing in in this space? I really think that a lot of women, like in adulthood, wrestle with: Am I arranging my life in the right way? Mm. And you know, is it okay to work and have children? Is it okay if I earn more than my husband? Is it okay if my personality is this way or, you know, my brother's personality is that way? Like, are there things that are wrong about me because of some of the cultural messages that maybe I got either from the world, from the church, or, you know, answering some of those kinds of questions, Mm. I think will be really valuable and and Mm. something I hope that we can tackle well. Mm. And then I think also about parenting, like how do I communicate this either to my own children or in mentorship relationships? How do we pass along to younger men and women what it means to be part of the family of God, what it means to be male in the family of God or female in the family of God? Because we're shaping a generation that has very different messages than, I mean, I wasn't even asking some of these kinds of questions as a kid and my kids are. Mm. And, And so I hope that we can find language that will help us talk about it well. And in a way that's like exciting and inspiring and makes people feel good about who they are. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that's so exciting to me about this because I, I realized in raising my kids, Laura and I have had this conversation more than once as we discover who they are and their different personalities, their different interests, things like that. I'm like, I, wait, I'm not even sure exactly what I should be teaching them. It means to be a man. It means to be a woman, like biblically, right? Um, I, I have some ideas and some from culture, but a lot of the ideas I have also, I feel like I'm sec- constantly second guessing mm-hmm. <laughs> because either the world tells me, no, no, that's not, that's, that's not it. And actually that can be damaging or the culture of the church tells me, no, 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 that's not it. And can be potentially damaging. And so I'm kind of like, wait, what? What is it? Um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by this and I, I'm, I'm excited that we are doing, I think it's really important that we are doing this, particularly for the sake of our local church here in West Los Angeles and the questions that we are asking. Um, I think in one sense, we don't need to make the case for the fact that the world has lost its mind on these questions, <laughs> right? Like I, we, we could talk for 10 minutes about the way in which the culture in the world has like, you know, abandoned a biblical definition of manhood and womanhood. Um, I'm a little bit more curious as to how the, um, where you see our kind of Christian culture failing to provide that clear biblical vision um, in a way that makes this teaching at this depth necessary like what why aren't the what are the messages or the lacks that you see um even in our understanding as christians that makes 
talking at at length and in depth about biblical manhood and womanhood. So it's such an important thing for us to do in this in this moment. You go. <laughs> uh, I really think that a lot of the conversation is coming from different parts of the country that may not be living the experience that we have in LA. Mm. And so I think sometimes we forget that to be American isn't one size fits all mm. and that there's really different pressures and social struggles depending on where you're at in the country. And so for us to be able to talk about this and really try to speak to the Los Angeles culture and the the unique challenges that we might be facing here is going to sound different than the way a pastor in Minnesota would preach, which would be so helpful for the people in Minnesota, hopefully, because they're speaking to their context. And so I think that that's kind of a part of why, why here, why now, why mm. we want to actually take some time. Because it's not just, you know, we do need to talk about the message of the Bible, mm. but we want to talk about it in a way that's actually helpful for us today. In the same way that a hundred years from now, they're still going to need to have this conversation because they're mm. going to be dealing with different cultural pressures, different mm. social challenges. Mm. Yeah, the, I think there's the message people tend to get right now. I think is just it's always no. Yeah. Mm. Like I think I think men get told no. Like your your gender is basically it's sort of <laughs> your gender is uh, really not important unless it goes wrong. Is the message you hear, right? So, like, like it's not a, if you to be a man is whatever, it, you know, whatever. Just don't let it go bad. If it goes bad, then it's a really big deal, right? And, and women and here, women are like, too, yeah, you know, be a woman, do these things. Except these are the things you're not allowed to do. Right. So make sure you don't accidentally do one of those things you're not allowed to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and so you end up with this kind of messaging in in the church that kind of has this. There's no positive vision. There's nothing like rich or yeah. beautiful, um, and even when it tries to get that way, at least in my somewhat limited experience, it always ends up coming up. At, the beautiful stuff is just really like a, a, a prelude to the important stuff, which is what you can and can't do, yeah. what you should and shouldn't do, what you should and shouldn't be like. Um, and so that, that just, that's tough. It's tough to be told that this thing that seems pretty important I should basically just ignore unless it goes really sour and then I'm, I'm a big problem. So that I, I think there's a, the beauty of this conference to me is I think that's not a really thorough biblical way of talking about this. Um, and I think that trying to get at what scripture says about these things, it's so, it's so hard to do this because when I say that I hear all the things I've heard mm. about that topic in my head. Now, mm. if you're listening to this, I don't know what your experience has been with these things, but I've been around the church a long time and like our kind of, uh, area of the Christian world a long time. And so like, I just hear so much about biblical masculinity, biblical womanhood. Like I, I I'm right now, I've been trying to kind of grab at new terms. Mm. Like how do I not give those connotations? Because I think a lot of that, immediately, you know, don't pass go, don't click $100, go directly to what you can and can't do activity-wise in the church and maybe in the home. Mm. Um, and that's just not how the Bible portrays manhood and womanhood. It's not how the Bible portrays what men and women are. Mm. And in a lot of ways, I think one of the biggest problems is that because we don't know how to answer that question, what is a man and what is a woman, besides just like bare biology, and even then, <laughs> it's like, it's kind of, everyone's real reticent. Yeah. Um, besides, we don't know that. And so that means that you can never know if you're doing a good job at it. Mm. 
Like, you know, if, if you don't know what a knife's supposed to do, you can't tell if it's a good knife or a bad knife. So you literally have no ability to know if you're being a good man or a bad man in terms of your manhood or a good woman or a, good, a bad woman in terms of your womanhood. And obviously the goal of the conference isn't to like, <laughs> okay, you're a good man. That's the, but the point is like, it, that's such a ho- hard way to go about life in this thing that seems built into us at a very deep level and something that's very important. Mm. So it's it, the fact that I can define what, it, if I ask someone, they can define what an introvert is better than they can define what a man is, mm. is really fascinating to me. Mm. Um, and as Christians, we can say things like, if I ask someone, what, who is Jesus? There's an immediate answer. If I say, what is a man and what's a woman or what's a human being? Mm-hmm. It, they'll get to an answer, but it's like, it's harder. It takes longer. We just haven't exercised this muscle. Um, there's a whole slew of reasons for that, like in the Christian tradition. But uh, this isn't something that we have. It's not the Trinity. We don't have like a creed on this mm. um, where it's like, oh, it's this. And so there's a way that there's just kind of a, not a gap in like Christianity or Christian development, but especially now, I think we're seeing this does need a lot more focused attention um, because we have a bunch of people trying to live as humans who are actually men and women. Mm. And, and the only human you ever see is a man or a woman. So we have to be able to factor that in somehow in a positive way. And that messaging just isn't out there. I think it's all kind of negative. Yeah. Yeah. That's been like, as we have had these conversations and we've been talking about this for several years now, <laughs> like I, I leave our conversations with such a sense of rest and hope and joy and delight. And I, that's what I want for our church family to mm. be able to talk about these topics. And it doesn't feel like, okay, well, here's the ways that I'm messing this up <laughs> as opposed to like, wow, like, I never noticed that I was living out my womanhood in this way and that way and that way. And it was just happening. And to be able to sort of rest and find like delight in the way that God created us and and not be trying to, you know, fight against that. Mm. And so I I hope that we get to that in our conversation. Even that's a good like example of like most talk about this in Christian circles that I've heard is really, it is about whether you kind of are a woman or you aren't, whether you are like a real man or a real woman and real women do this and real men do this, which is just such a kind of a one-sided performance oriented way of thinking about this. Well, it's like you have to achieve manhood or achieve womanhood or become that. And it's like you are born one of these and you grow into it in really beautiful ways. Yeah, we're talking about growing up as like becoming human. Right. Are you you a real human? Like, I don't know. You know, like, do you, like, do you not do laundry? Like, like no, you know, like, you bounce the checkbook. I think that's adulting. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, there's something really interesting to that. And I think that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm excited about the conference too, is I think there's something beautiful about this and, and restful and not just for myself or if, like, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, well, I don't really feel a sense of unease, you know, about any of this. Fair enough. Um, but there's something about us doing this together. And there's a way in which it's not just about whether you're comfortable um, with how this playing out in your own life. It's about how there's something about being men and women um, in various strata of life coming together and functioning as a body, as a family, that's kind of amazing and, and mm-hmm. brings that rest from the outside. And you can bring rest to someone else. There's a lot we could go into here. But I think there's something really powerful there. And I, I want that that sense of rest and um, I want to say kind of clarity or there's a settledness and uh, and a sense of from here, I know how to move forward that mm-hmm. I've gotten out of these conversations too, just relationally. Like, I feel like I know, 
I know what the church could look like in a way that I didn't feel like I had a vision for before. Yeah. And I know what the, us in the world could look like. And I know what us, you know, in different homes, all these different things. And that's been something I really do want to share with people. Cause I think a lot of people don't experience that. And even mm. if you don't feel any unease, you still aren't feeling that sense of vision and rest <laughs> and kind of beauty. Yeah. yeah. I really appreciate that because you might have like a personal sense of, of who you are and feel comfortable in that, but the church relational, like there's been challenges there and the way that we framed what manhood or womanhood is sometimes keeps us really far apart. Like we don't interact as brothers and sisters mm. in a way that is really healthy as a family because of certain fears maybe that have kind of crept in or different ways that we've processed how we are supposed to engage. And so really reshaping how we act as men and women together in the family in a way that's healthy and loving and like communal. Mm. I think that's, uh, just a beautiful picture of what, what God has designed. Mm. All right. So uh, Brian, I, I want you to describe how we're going to talk about this because I, it, it sounds, it, it may seem random to ask you to like literally walk through what this conference is going to look like. <laughs> uh, but it's kind of like read, like if you're interested in reading a book, one of the things you do is take a look at the table of contents, right? Like how do you, how are they going to handle this? How are they going to talk about it? Like, what's the, what's the flow? And I actually think that the, the table of contents of this upcoming conference is a, um, it conveys a lot about how we're going to go about this and why we decided that, that eight hours was actually the right <laughs> amount of time to, to do something like this. If, if the eight hours goes well, we will all take credit for it. And if it doesn't, we will let you know whose idea it was. I think the um, table of contents helps explain why the eight hours, yeah, okay. why we got there, you know? So, yeah, I'll, I'll try and, you know, kind of nutshell it. So there's, there's three main parts. Um, part one is what are men and women? Part two is how things go wrong. And part three is like living it out in the church, the home, and the world. So there's kind of a, let's start with the basics and see if we can nail those down. Then why doesn't it look that way? Like, why, why is that? not the way it looks and what are the specific ways that it goes south mm -hmm. and then how do we then like as redeemed people pursue a redeemed version of the good created things that we have mm -hmm. um in our man and womanhood in like the home the church and the world mm -hmm. so like that and that's like morning early afternoon and late afternoon mm -hmm. <laughs> and so do you mean i, can yeah, go down I, I want you to okay. go deeper i want you to go deeper okay. i want you to, to like just explain why you want to talk about the top, the specific topics or yeah. passages or things like that that, that you want to talk about and kind of how we're going to try to do that. So in the first one, what are men and women? Mm -hmm. um, the, the first thing is like basically why talk about this? Um, so take a while to, because I think when you explore um, all the things that are going on uh, in some, some ways, culturally, in some ways, individually, with the church, a lot of the things we just asked, mm -hmm. really going deep into like, here's why a lot of us feel the way we feel about this topic, even if we don't think about it a lot. Mm. So a lot of us have opinions or thoughts or emotions tied up in this topic that we might not even know we have. And we definitely don't know where they come from. Or if we do, we think it's for one reason when it's actually for like 12. Mm -hmm. um, and so get, getting a sense, of, let's clear the field. Let's get a sense of why we're talking about this and where we're all coming from in that conversation. So we're gonna do that first. And then we're going to go through scripture, basically Genesis one and two, 
and look at these passages of creation in a way that most of us haven't been taught to look at them. That's not to say it's novel. If anything, the way we've been taught to look at them is actually novel. Mm. Um, the Christian tradition has a long line of looking at Genesis 1 and 2 in a particular way and drawing things out by paying very deep attention to the actual words that are being said and the way that they're being said. And there's a way that all of that, even before you get to the creation of men and women, has to do with men and women. It's a really interesting, you'll see if you come to the conference, but uh, Genesis 1 and 2 have a lot to tell us about what our identity is as created people and and how those relate to each other. And so we're going to land there with some attempt at a definition they're of men and women. perfect definitions, right? Yes. <laughs> Unassailable <laughs> definitions that we've only changed 50 to 60 times. Yes. So, but, but at some point trying to get, can you sum up this stuff with, you know, an 80% level of accuracy? Yes. Can you try and get, get a definition going that feels like it includes at least as much as it leaves out? Whereas most definitions yeah. I've read about men and women really just, all you can think about is what's not there, not what is there. Yeah. And so we're going to try and get at that from Genesis 1 and 2 so you know how that works. Like, you know what those connection points are. It's not coming out of a random, like, cultural idea of what men and women are or something else like that. Um, and then we're going to kind of reflect on those definitions and unpack them. So there's specific words we're going to use, like terms, concepts. And that's where each of us are kind of, well, I, I will have had my turn at that point. Mm-hmm. And the two of you are going to get a chance to individually reflect on the, the definition of men, definition of women. And try and kind of unpack them and trace them out in a reflective kind of way towards um, how these things can actually function. And I'll do a little bit of trying to clear the field of like, here's what these aren't. Because <laughs> most of the time you need to do a lot of that before you can get to accurate reflection without people kind of, you know, not, not, uh, not getting caught up and distracted by these things that they might think they mean when they don't mean that. But bottom line, we're just trying to mine Genesis 1 and 2 for what men and women are and what they're created to be. Because that's what the rest of the Bible does. Is it always, anytime you get a gendered passage in the Bible, it almost always goes back to Genesis, Genesis 1 and 2. Yeah. And so that's the first one. Uh-huh. Second one, if we want to keep going. Yeah, yeah. Second one's how things go wrong. This is the appropriate depth. This is what I was looking for. Excellent. All right. <laughs> so how things go wrong. There, I, and it, it sounds simple, but we're going to go to Genesis 3 and look at that maybe in a way different than most people look at it. Mm-hmm. You're not kind of cherry picking out things about men and women. You're looking at the entire structure of that chapter as it relates to Genesis 1 and 2 to talk about what goes wrong in sin and how that leads to a certain posture that we have that's going to want uh, it's going to push us to live against the grain of created reality. Um, so we're basically going to try and run against these definitions um, and recreate ourselves in some way, shape, or form. And you're going to get that how that looks and a lot of that out of Genesis 3. And then we're going to kind of sit down in a round table and talk about, okay, so what does that actually look like now? There's a million ways that's looked in the last, you know, thousands and thousands of years. What does it look like now where, where we're sitting? And at least from, the, from our perspective, the three of us. And so we'll talk there probably about things like power dynamics. A lot of gender today is, talk, is talked about in terms of power. Um, so how does the Bible's explanation of how things go wrong help us understand gender and power? There's a lot of, uh, another topic would be, um, there's not really a word for this, but I, I picked up the phrase identicalism or the term identicalism from, I can't remember who at this point, um, because there's also a way that one of the things that's gone wrong is that we've lost sight of the differences between men and women. And we've tried to make everyone like the same across the board. And that is its own version of things going wrong. It also creates its own kind of damage. Um, mm-hmm. 
And then we'll talk a little bit about just personal struggles too. Like that's a very cultural, very societal, uh, very relational in some ways. What are the things that uh, on a more individual level we feel in how things going wrong affect us in terms of our gender and those struggles? And we'll follow that up with some reflections on redemption, which is basically now that we've seen how it goes wrong, how does Christ get them to go right? Um, And how can we move forward from here with a sense of hope? Because when you look closely enough at how sin has impacted something like gender, which is so close to our identity as human beings, it's going to have a very deep, pervasive, and personal pain associated Mm. with with that that damage. And and so there's going to be a sense where we need to end on hope because there is hope. After spending that much time thinking, kind of tracing out where things go wrong, mm-hmm. we need to spend some time there to make sure we're ready to move forward. Yeah. That's the second one. The third one is just the application. So then I, I'm going to take a stab at going through some of those uh, passages that deal with gender directly in the New Testament. Think Ephesians 5 and marriage, 1 Corinthians 11 and head covering, 1 Timothy 2, and like teaching and having authority. I'm so ready for head coverings. I am. I, I, Right? Same. Did you Same. think that? I'm like, please. So the pro- yeah, <laughs> and so discuss. I, I, I've been a pastor for 16 years. I still don't have confidence in my in my interpretation <laughs> of 1 Corinthians 11. I'll be totally honest with you. I'm not sure if this. No, no you're going to solve is it. Yeah. Do no, it. No, 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 no. You, just, you promised. You promised. I just heard it. I will talk about them. Um, <laughs> there is a kind of grammar or logic in all of these passages yeah. that does different things. And um, we won't be able to go into all of the complexity of that. That's more of an academic kind of discussion. Um, for, for the purposes of the conference, we're trying to go, okay, so like, w- what does it look like then for the, the rest of the Bible to look back at Genesis 1 and 2? through Genesis 3 mm-hmm. and say, here's how redemption takes our gender and puts it to work in the world in different dynamic, organic relationships. Mm-hmm. So think the home and then the church and then the world. Yeah. We'll try and land there with some sense of, okay, let's try and drill down to, here's a rough idea of what it actually looks like. That one of the difficult things with this topic is you either end up with people who go extremely practical in ways that feel superficial and thin it's like, oh, men do this, women do this, and here's how it applies. And that's how like, you get to the list of jobs. Like, these yes. are the jobs you're allowed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's all kind of activities. and it, Or you get into this really ethereal, kind of exploratory, almost poetic sort of, you know, men are men, man. And women, they're just women. And like, and like, look at all the Bible says. And there's really no sense of like, so what now? And so we're trying to, trying to thread that needle and do both and, and have some sense of, this has practical application without making it thin and superficial. And then from there, we're going to have a roundtable with the three of us just exploring those implications for like the church and the home and the world. Um, because at some point, it's one thing to go from scripture and get a sense of, I don't want to call it just a theory, but a sense of the, the reality of this. It's another thing to sit down with three human beings and just kind of go, okay, so now what? Mm-hmm. Um, and talk through the challenges and the opportunities and some of the vision for that. So there's our, there's our conference, which is, again, is why you can see why we ended up going, well, we can't just do one of those. That doesn't, yeah. that doesn't yeah. work. Mm-hmm. So we kind of got to do all of them. How do we do it? Well, we're going to, we're going to go nine to five. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what I hear you say is you're going to answer all my questions and we're going to be done. Perfect. Done. <laughs> you're like, wait, that's not what I said. <laughs> um, no, no. I, I mean, I, I think it actually draws this out really powerfully because I think that in one sense, I hope that we have a lot of questions answered and clarified. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, what you're not after 
giving a answer key. Right. Uh, hey, what, what what question do you have? Here's the right answer. This isn't like a manhood womanhood catechism, right? Where you just like <laughs> memorize all the right answers, but it's understanding it more deeply so that as we navigate life in a complex world with complex relationships in all sorts of diverse settings, we, we have the tools to apply and live out our manhood and womanhood in all of these different spaces. Yeah, I, I think one of the... it. it it's an interesting topic because if I said, what's the definition of being human? And one of them, one of the old ones is a rational animal. And I'd give you that. You go, okay, like fair enough. But that doesn't, definitions don't work the same way with something this, this wide and broad and deep and complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something, the closer you get to creation itself, to kind of universal transcendent things, the harder you can just go like, oh, there's the definition. And that catches all of it. Yeah. And being a man and woman is so, it's so tightly knit with being human because in creation, it's in the image of God, he created him, man and woman, he created them. Like it, it, it's woven all together. So you can't study being human with an answer key. You can't do it with the yeah. back of the book approach Yeah. because you're, you're going to get one thing, but you're going to miss a whole lot of other stuff that's actually really important. And you just can't do it that way. And so you need to immerse yourself in the text of scripture, in a lot of thought, a lot of meditation, a lot of kind of soaking in ideas and things, because that's the kind of topic this is. Mm. At the same time, I think that when you approach it that way with a nice big conference that gives you stuff to soak in, and then you leave with it, you have the ability then to, to begin to make connections with the fact that I really do think that a lot of the things that we will be surprised by how many of the, the questions we have, the, the struggles that we have, either end up being not the right kind of questions that we were supposed to be asking, and we're glad to have found that out because the other questions are better and richer and deeper, mm-hmm. or and or that a lot of the things we struggle with that we never connected to gender at all hmm. find themselves I- answered in a different way and kind of intersecting with stuff we're talking about here. Because we're really talking about what it means to be human. Mm. And so there's a, there's a beauty to this that taking this approach won't give you an answer key, but it will give you something to, to dwell in and on as we look at ourselves through the knowledge of God that he gives us. Yeah. Mm. And so I, as you're listening to this, I imagine you get the sense that uh, Brian in particular has done a lot of the heavy lifting and preparation for this conference for us. And it's, this is something that... Um, committed himself to to soak in for our sake, even our sake as a, as a church. And one of the things that I, man, I'm so excited for is for the our church family to glean from the depth of study that you've put into this um, as we grow together. I mean, I, Mayor, I actually, I want to ask you, you've been, because we've been having these conversations for a few years now, mm-hmm. and you've even seen kind of had a front row seat to even seeing how this has developed and deepened and enriched and how yeah how it's taken shape over the last couple of years what why are you particularly excited to hear from brian on this topic (laughs) oh gosh where do i start this topic has been really meaningful to me for a long time i don't know if you remember this scott but my husband phil and i sat down with scott like uh, right off, like maybe a year after marriage. And we were like, should we have kids? Because oh, we yeah. were in this place where we're like, 
you know, we're millennials, we have debt. And I was like, I'm either going to hit menopause by the point I can pay these off and stay home or like we could have kids now and I could work. And is that allowed? And so that kind of kicked off a journey for me. Mm. And I feel like I read all over the spectrum. Mm. And even once the three of us kind of were like, okay, we're doing this, we're going to sit down. You guys handed me a stack of books. A lot of those books we ended up tossing Mm -hmm. and we moved on to another stack and these essays (laughs) and those podcasts and and we've read a lot together. And I'm just so excited. I know that like, you know, I feel like Brian kind of synthesized from his research and handed some stuff to us. But I know that this has been something you've been really soaking in. And so as we're trying to wrap our heads around it and communicate it well, I, I still have questions. I mean, this has been yeah. like a decade of me reading, reading all the like popular books and then looking up in the index who they, their source material, reading uh-huh. those books. <laughs> and I still, like you said, there are certain passages that I'm like, ah, I don't feel like I have a good way to explain this or I can't quite put my finger on it. And so I know you're not going to give us everything, <laughs> but I really, I feel like you're going to be able to give us so much mm. and, and give us a certain framework that helps clear out some of maybe the baggage that mm. we've got over the years from this topic. Mm. Yeah. So I, I, I want to return the favor because there's, there's actually a reason Meredith's here. <laughs> and I mean, I, that's, I didn't mean that as it came out. There's not actually a reason Meredith's here. Um, insert, oh, that, was, insert that was great. Um, no, there, there's a reason Meredith's here and it's, it's, uh, in large part because of this this journey you've been on and not just the the journey you've been on and the questions you've been asking but the wisdom with which you've been answering them and striving to answer them and kind of coming and i i think it's been super encouraging to me to see how you have navigated those types of questions um captivated by truth also filled with grace and um, an open heart that just wants whatever the Lord has. Um, and so uh, Brian, I want to ask you why you are particularly excited that Meredith is going to be a part of this and is going to be a part of communicating, um, what this looks like on the ground for us as a church. Yeah, it's not hard. Um, (laughs) I think, uh, as much as I've, yeah, done a lot of like, hopefully constructive work in this area. Um, Basically, I have all these things in the back of my head and I'm trying to put them all together and I bring them together and, and I have all these, you know, these are the ideas and this stuff. And, and then we sit down, you know, with Mare and she just says like a few sentences and like, yeah, well, yeah, that though, like that was, that's that, like that, that, that thing. And there's a way that you, um, you, you have a sense of, uh, the meaning of this stuff and, and what makes it significant for people without losing sight of the fact that it's something you have to actually think hard about. And a lot of people in my experience, it's kind of one or the other. Plus you don't have to talk about it. Well, like you just, when you say stuff, it's like, yeah, that's a good way to say that. Um, and so for me, I, I tend to like to, to listen to what you say because it, makes me go, yeah, that, that, that thing, like, like, mm-hmm. like that's, that's what we were trying to get at. Like that's, that's the way it is. And, and, um, and I think that you also have a way of doing that, um, from a unique place of experience, not just because you've read stuff for like a decade, which is true. You have, um, 
but also because you've walked through personally a lot of the different arenas where especially women mm-hmm. tend to go, I don't know what to do here. I don't know how to feel about this. And you've like been like, I don't know how to feel about it. So I'm going to like think hard about it and see if I can figure it out. Mm. Um, and you've done that without coming up with an answer key. And so like, there's just this way that I feel like our interactions, especially the three of us have modeled to me what I think it's, it's a little self-congratulatory now that it comes out of my mouth, <laughs> but, it, but they have, I mean, there's, there's a way that I'm like, this is what it's, I feel like this is what it's supposed to be like. There's supposed to be a kind of mutuality, um, that's submitting to something larger than us yeah. and enjoying that process mm-hmm. and being able to like be helped by each other. And there's a way that I'm like, that's, this just feels right. And so mm-hmm. the idea of you getting to talk the way you've talked with us in front of other people. Yeah. It's super exciting. Mm-hmm. I can keep going, but I think no, that's, no, probably, no. that's probably enough. I, you know, it, it, and that's a part of why when I think about this conference, it, it, it it's almost not like conference isn't the right word because we've done lots of different things. We've called conferences before. Yeah. I, I don't know. We've ever done anything like this before. Yeah, the structure is really different. The structure is different. I think the, the, I, I'm so excited about the richness of what the Lord is doing and how this will shape um, us as individuals and us as a church, us as a family going forward. Um, part, part of why I'm particularly excited to hear from both of you is because I, I think that you're both exemplary in this um, and not perfect. But like, I, Brian, I think you're, you are exemplary, an example to be followed in biblical manhood that is fully orbed, that um, is nuanced and rich. And I'm excited for your kind of gift of communication to be able to put words to that in a way that helps lead us forward. And Meredith, I think you are exemplary in what it means and looks like to be, to manifest biblical womanhood. And that, and I'm excited for the gift of communication the Lord's given you to be able to put words to that in a way that blesses and leads us forward too. And and in that sense, this is so um, exciting. Is not even the right right word because it's not just like oh, it's, you know, it's energizing. But um, there's a richness and a depth that I'm anticipating getting to explore and experience together as we do this, um, that I, uh, can't wait for, for the sake of our church family. And it's part of why we wanted to talk about this because it's not like anything we've done before. Um, and we, we want you, if you're listening to, to catch a glimpse of that, um, as we prepare for it. Now, I mean, we also want to hear you talk, Scott. I thank you. I appreciate that. Um, no, so so I, uh, I I mean I I just feel blessed to have gotten to be kind of a, a thought partner in this, and and partially because I'm asking these same questions. I think we're all asking these same questions and thinking through this. Um, I so I um, it, it does make me think though. I I, I want to talk, and again, this is a normal podcast episode, but I want to talk really specifically about the logistics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think there's a few questions that come up with this. Number one, yes, this will be recorded. Right. Right. So yeah. I, I don't want that to discourage you from coming and from prioritizing May 21st. We really want you to be there because I think there is something, I think we realize this, right? There's something unique and powerful about being in the room together, wrestling through this together, being able to even have conversations on breaks and afterwards mm-hmm. at lunch, being able to have conversations over lunch tables together. Um, 
but at the same time, we recognize that's not realistic or feasible for everybody. And that, so it, it will be recorded video and audio, um, and live streamed. And so we'll, we will have that. Um, as far as logistics go, we, we do plan on having childcare. Um, we also recognize that all day Saturday childcare, some of you like all day at church might work great for your kids. And that sounds like great. Uh, we're also mentioning this now so that if that's not a scenario that would work well for your children, you, you could try to uh, make other arrangements, right? Whether it's neighbors, uh, extended family, you know, whatever, I, that that if you have enough time, you might be able to organize and, and create something like that. That's part of why we want to let you know about that. And so we, we both will have childcare and also recognize that for eight hours, not every most kid's of you probably, yeah, that. most of you probably aren't going <laughs> to take advantage of that, but, but some will. Um, and, uh, and that there, there's also probably a, a scenario in which if you can only make the morning, like come, yeah, come for the morning, we're going to have, we're going to serve lunch. So you don't have to like try to figure out lunch. We're going to serve lunch. We'll probably have like a, you know, $10 suggested donation for the conference something like this i'm i actually this part i'm making up as yep. we go right, right now um <laughs> confidence though that's right we're but we're gonna we're gonna we're, we're gonna provide that for you and it'll be here on campus so you don't have to kind of worry about that for you and kids if they're here um and yeah and so then we'll break it up into these three sections and so you know if you can only come for one or two of them we'd encourage you to come be a part of that um they will build on each other so it probably makes more sense to come for the first one and if you have to leave early, then to skip the first two and come for the third. Yeah, you might you might end up a little confused. <laughs> but it's worth coming if you can come to any of it. It's worth coming because e even if you just come to one piece of it, there's something about being there. Like most of our audio right now is consumed. It's like skimming. It's like skim reading. Yeah. And and yeah. the way that we're trying to do this, and just honestly, just personally, having gone through a lot of this material myself. It's just not the kind of thing you skim and get a few topic sentences and kind of get a sense of it or see what stands out while you're driving in the car or whatever. At least if you come to some of it, you're going to end up in this place where you had this focused time of kind of immersion in the topic so that then if you listen to other stuff, you're probably more prone to think more deeply about it than to just kind of skim listen. Mm. Um, and yeah, it just, some things like can that. really do well with that. There's some podcasts that like that's what they're for is that kind of skim listening. This is just harder to do because it's not like, here's the main point. It's like, let's sit in scripture in different ways and let it speak to us in different ways and draw things out of that. So I encourage you to come to some of it. If you, you don't think that if I can't come to all of it, I'll just listen to all of it. Mm. If you can make some of it, I really do encourage you to come. I think it's gonna be better for you overall. Mm. Yeah. All right. So May 21st, 9 a.m. This first session will start at 9 a.m. We'll have like brunch at starting at 8.30, 9 a.m. I'm making this or up breakfast as we go at 8:30, yeah. All right. I don't know. Not <laughs> brunch, sorry. Brunch is in between. Brunch feels like something you can like kind of grab and go. But that's a not continental true. Continental breakfast? No. That's not true. Continental breakfast. That's what yeah, that's, that's the word I'm looking for. Continental breakfast. By, by, brunch, by brunch is more like 11sies. Yeah, no, we're not going to have mimosas. <laughs> that's not we're not, we're not starting <laughs> off. <laughs> can make for an interesting conference, but um we'll do that at a different conference. Different conference. <laughs> um any final thoughts? Before we wrap up, this has just been such a labor of love mm. and it's really been a delight to get to participate in these conversations. And every time we have a meeting for planning purposes, it truly is like bouncing a lot of ideas off of each other. And one person 
suggests certain language, and then it it makes me think about the topics in new ways. And I'm just so excited to finally get to share that out mm. uh, because it really has been a delight to prepare for. It's mm. a good last word. Awesome. Well, thank you, Meredith. Thank Absolutely. you for the time in all of yeah, those ways. ways. And, and particularly the time today to get to share even this little bit of your heart with us. Thanks, Brian. Yep. Appreciate it. Can't wait. Thanks for listening. We love you. And we'll see you on Sunday. Bye.